Here are some of the biggest questions that you should be asking yourself. Have you found what your passion is in this life? If the answer is no, what would it look like to live a fully passionate life? If you have, what are your next goals surrounding your ventures? Do you know how you want to take your passion to the next level? That's what this passion podcast is all about. My name is Drew Ross, and I'm a certified life coach who helps individuals find their passion and turn it into valuable profitability. Interested in getting out of a rut and into your new routine? I'm your guy, and let me show you how. Welcome back to the Better You Love Drew podcast. This is episode number 35, when you're the problem and solution. and settled from the most epic conference in Phoenix last week. It was four full days of a ton of panels, making really awesome connections. I was able to rest, network, connect. I actually stayed in all weekend because I was in Phoenix, but that was really great. It's the first time in a while that I've done that. They were really long sessions. They were from 7.30 a.m. to 6.30 every single day. So I got to see some amazing panelists. There were really great vendors, tons of fitness and nutrition coaches, a few life coaches as well. So they absolutely delivered on the value of the entire program. And it was the Nutritional Coaching Institute. That is who threw this event and they knocked it out of the park. So I'm coming back with tons of great insights firm believer in investing myself so I can invest in others. And I'm glad that Phoenix was one of those opportunities to do so. I also got to see an awesome client. Her name is Kayleen and she lives in the area. She was actually a private client of mine. She turned out to be an amazing mentor and friend. I stay in contact with her regularly. So it was new faces, existing relationships. There was some me time. I loved every bit of it. So fun fact about me I would define myself as highly introverted. For me to recharge my batteries, it has to be done alone and it has to be done quietly. And this is just how I operate. Outside of this self-diagnosed characteristic trait, however, I really enjoy social settings. I like to think of my social battery as that of an old phone. And if you can remember when cell phones were becoming really popular and you'd get this new phone, and I'm really referencing like when the iPhone came out. So you'd get this new phone, but then after a while, I would say like a year or so, the battery would die pretty rapidly. So it was best to go out at night with a 100% battery that would last four hours or so, and then you would most likely head home when it died. And like, that's me socially. I prioritize alone time, and then I really look forward to social gatherings with friends, coming in hot with a lot of energy. And then when my battery starts to fade out, that's when I see myself out. So if you can imagine me at conferences... There's a ton of engagements and interactions, 12-hour days. So this really puts my battery to the test. Like if I'm paying for a flight and I'm paying for a conference ticket and I'm paying a hotel and I'm paying for all the food, I'm going to maximize the experience 110%. And that really just leans into intentionality. So outside of the conference room, I have to focus on recharging the battery effectively. The cool thing about it, though, is that I don't have to be at 100% charge all the time to do anything well. My battery's at 1% on my phone or referencing my personal battery. I can still do big things. I can still send texts when my phone is at 1%, 50%, and 100%. And I can still have impactful conversations when my energy levels are at 1%, 50%, and 100%. 
It's like the person who always runs their tank on empty. The end quotes, I know my car people. Even when there's only one mile left in the tank, the AC still works, the radio still plays, and like the tires are still in motion and they're moving. Do we want to operate like this all the time? I would say most likely not, or most likely yes, depending on your personality. But for me, some of the time is just a-okay. It's okay for me to be at a lower percentage and still operate effectively some of the time. Then when I realized this, it made me start to think of a problem solution mentality in my life and how I'm both. So the reason I bring this up is because when there's something that goes wrong, something that I would consider as wrong in my life, I very much am in the habit of turning the fingers around and pointing them right back at me. And I do that with so much love, love across the board. But in the example about my battery that I just mentioned, I know that for me to really be my best self in social settings, I need to give my body the rest and alone time that it needs to be able to show up with optimal amounts of energy. If I were in Phoenix, going out each night after the events and then waking up and not giving my all, I might be inclined to blame others that convinced me to go out or blame the coordination team for hosting events in the evening. But then I lose all my power to have my own back and I give it all to them. So if that would have been the case, I would recognize that I was the problem for not abiding by my energy battery and recognize that it has everything to do with me and nothing to do with anybody slash anything else. And I use this example, really light example. This wasn't the case in Phoenix, but I try and be intentional about recognizing this because if it were to show up here in Phoenix at a conference, it would show up in many other areas of my life. So I try and get a clear understanding of, okay, this is where it's happening. And if I continue to let this happen, oh, okay, here are the other areas where it's happening as well. So becoming curious and conscious of that exact method where I'm placing blame and placing problems on other people, not myself, that's when it can show up in other areas of my life. So I want to use the word problem lightly because when I hear the word problem, it brings on thoughts and feelings that might not serve me. So for the sake of examples, though, this is a word that we're going to go with. You know more about my social battery, but let's get more vulnerable and step into a space that will potentially be relatable. An emotion that comes on strongest for me is loneliness. Like I immerse myself into uncomfortable emotions quite frequently because that's just what you do as a business owner. But this emotion in particular is what comes on the strongest. And when I say the strongest, I mean it's the most easily identifiable. I don't have trouble naming it. When it arises, it makes a grand entrance. And if you're the same, I want you to recognize that there's nothing wrong with being lonely, and it should totally be an emotion that is felt through and through. I would say everybody listening is able to relate to that emotion, and you might have an emotion that isn't loneliness that really jumps out at you. Easily identify when it comes up, you know exactly what it is, you can describe it, you can feel it. Everybody sort of has one or multiple aspects of emotions in their life that come up more frequently than others and just really come on strong. So when I say felt through here, I mean that when I feel it, I don't log on to Instagram to get away from it. And if I did that, it would just come on in another aspect of my life even stronger. So I like to think of it like whack-a-mole, the game that you would see in the arcade room at like a putt-putt course. When we have negative emotions come up, 
we like to whack them back down by doing things that distract us from feeling it, but then it just pops right back up in another location. And you might tend to engage in this process with negative emotions frequently. So when I start to feel it coming on, I look to myself to be with that emotion until it's been processed. So this means like no Instagram to avoid it or music to get my mind off of it. Takes a couple minutes to be aware of it and feel it through. And then I use it as a North Star to guide me towards connection with others. So if I'm feeling lonely, I have to check in with myself and get curious on A, why am I feeling it? And B, what do I want to do with it? Most important thing I do is recognize that I have connections all around me. I have group texts, chats with family members, tons of connections in my job, friends in Chicago, friends outside of Chicago, and then I have myself and I'm amazing company. So there's a potential where I've leaned into my introverted nature. I did a little bit of overcharging and let communications and connections slip to the wayside. And that's on me. However, I get to be the solution to schedule calls with friends, dinners in the city, sign up for sports leagues, and then lean into additional opportunities to connect with others. Negative emotions are harmless, and they can be a guide towards operating differently and for the better. All that's happened here is that I've been thinking thoughts that make me feel lonely, and from that emotion, I then act in a way that helps me fulfill a need that's important to me, which is the need for quality connection. Let's use an example outside of me now, and I want to step into the workplace. Relationships with your supervisor or your role. This can be an interesting topic. It can be good, not so good, anywhere in between. The example I want to provide is that how you show up for your job and how you feel about your job is absolutely on you. In organizations, there tends to be a fair amount of blame placing. But what if you decided to identify yourself as the problem and then take it upon yourself to be the solution? I might not have the best relationship with my supervisor right now, but how am I showing up to improve it? My boss is hard to connect with or my boss doesn't get me or the communication between my boss isn't good. These are just thoughts that you potentially don't have to continue thinking. Like what if these actually were just thoughts? that you didn't have to continue thinking on a regular basis. These thoughts invoke, or they might invoke, some sort of emotion, and you get to use them as a North Star to redirect the result of your role or relationships within your role. And it's likely that your boss is the one who hired you in the first place, and it's likely that at one point in time, you did have a good relationship with your supervisor in your role. With that being said, how can you be a solution to this particular circumstance and relationship? The short answer is the way you think about it. It won't include just creating mantras like, I love my job, I love my boss, I love this role. But what if it was just looking at the things that you do like about it and then working to identify the things you can do to lean into those things more and place more emphasis on the things you do like? It literally could just be that you enjoy the job every other Friday for the paycheck that you receive. And from there, what does that allow you to do? You can provide for your family. You can invest in your own business. You can attend concerts and dinner with friends, pay for your gym membership that keeps you healthy. There's so many opportunities that you can use that paycheck every Friday for, although it is maybe a small aspect of your daily nine to five or overall cumulative hours worked. There's still a huge benefit that it provides to your life. Here's why the problem and solution conversation is so important. 
When I'm feeling lonely, I don't try and make this mean I'm not capable of creating relationships or having connections. I just make it mean that maybe this isn't something that I haven't been focusing on as much, and that's okay. If I'm not loving my day-to-day job, I might have just forgotten about the things that I really enjoyed about it in the first place, or how I ended up there to begin with. Identifying yourself as the problem is having your own back, and then letting yourself be the solution is another step of building confidence in yourself that you can create whatever it is that you want. You take that building confidence and then you step into a complete creation space to go out and achieve the result that you want to achieve. So this is a good example on being totally human. This is the natural human experience to experience and lean into negative emotions, which then in turn makes you enjoy the positive emotions even more. You're stepping into spaces where you're witnessing, feeling a harmless negative emotion that actually teaches you a lot about who you are. It's a great play on the problem and solution aspect of being a human. 10 out of 10 times when I was in college, the reason I might not have performed well on a test is because I didn't prepare for it at all. The past version of Drew, who I also love, would be like, well, the teacher has a really boring class. They don't explain the material well. Just having that thought means I'm showing up to class expecting the worst and placing blame rather than taking responsibility. I'm saying that other things outside of me are the problem, things that I cannot control, and therefore it's harder for me to get to a solution. An amazing thought for any circumstance in your life that you don't like is I'm going to identify the things I like about this situation. Or another one that you could use is I'm open to appreciating this moment and acting as a solution in this moment. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Problem and solution is something that is so important as we navigate this human experience. So if there's a circumstance, a situation in your life that isn't going according to plan, how can you take the finger, point it back in you, identify that you're a loving problem in the best way, and that you're more than capable to be the solution to that problem as well. I promise you, once you start to take this approach, you're going to feel so powerful and then anything's going to be possible. Have a great week, everyone. I'll see you next week. In what ways are you tapping into the best version of yourself on a daily basis? Maybe you've been following me since the beginning, or maybe this is your first ever Better You Love Drew podcast episode. Regardless, if you like what you hear on the podcast and want to take this information and apply it to your life today, that's what I'm here for. Working with a life coach helps make your already amazing life even more amazing. It's possible to set up really big goals and achieve them. And it's possible to change the way you are currently operating to show up daily for a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. And it's also a lot easier than you might think. Instead of thinking success like that happens to other people, let me show you how you can do it for yourself. Book a consultation with me via Instagram at Drew Ross Coaching. You can also do it via my website, DrewRossCoaching.com, or by sending me an email, DrewRossCoaching at gmail.com. The time is now and you are ready, I promise you. See you in the consultation.